This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good. But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. And we're from Car Stuff. We're the podcast that covers everything that floats, flies, swims, or drives. Adventures, thrills, chills, literally planes, trains, and automobiles. That's right. And you can find all of our episodes on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and really anywhere else you get your podcast. Welcome to How Stuff Works Now. I'm your host, Lauren Vogelbaum, a researcher and writer here at How Stuff Works. Every week, I'm bringing you three stories from our team about the weird and wondrous advances we've seen in science, technology, and culture. This week, thousands of women in Saudi Arabia are petitioning their conservative government to end laws that require adult women to have a male legal guardian. And, unrelated, due to global warming, a secret nuclear base that the United States built in the 1960s may be brought to light. But first... Senior writer Robert Lamb offers a retrospective on Rosetta, the European Space Agency's comet-tailing spacecraft that was spectacularly decommissioned last week. The ESA's Rosetta mission launched in 2004 and arrived at Comet 67P on August 9, 2014, to become the first spacecraft to orbit a comet. Then, on November the 12th, it touched its lander fillet down on the surface, the first successful comet landing in space exploration history. Granted, the lander wound up in a less-than-optimal location, lacking sufficient sunlight or connectivity to Rosetta, but it still provided surface readings and photos before going completely dark. Rosetta itself continued to provide valuable readings on the comet, however, including the revelation that the water in 67P's ice is truly unearthly. Specifically, the difference boils down to the comet water's high deuterium-to-hydrogen ratio, meaning that the water from Earth's oceans may not stem from primordial comet bombardments, which is a long-held hypothesis. However, Rosetta's discovery of organic molecules in 67P bolsters the idea that some of the rare building blocks of life as we know it could have arrived on Earth via comet strike. Now, these are just two findings from Rosetta's rich spoils of data, data that scientists will continue to plunder for months or even years to come. Heck, even the craft's final moments produced up-close and personal readings of Comet 67P. See, 
In hitching a ride with a comet, Rosetta had been moving farther and farther away from the sun, recharging its batteries with less and less solar radiation. The ESA scientists could have put the craft in hibernation mode and attempted to stir it back to life when the comet comes back around sunward in four or five years, but they decided to send it on a collision course instead, a controlled ascent into one of Comet 67P's uncharted pits. The resulting data should also provide us direct readings on the gases surrounding the comet and a better read on its ice particle loss. So Rosetta, farewell. Thanks for all that you've done, and hopefully it'll be a long, peaceful ride till your final resting place collides with another cosmic body. Next up, senior writer Jonathan Strickland brings us a story of melting ice and the Cold War. Amidst the tensions of the 1960s, the United States built a secret nuclear base deep under Greenland's ice. It seemed to be a safely buried secret, but now, due to anthropogenic climate change, Project Iceworm may be revealed to the world. Let's backtrack. In the late 1950s, U.S. diplomats worked with Denmark officials to create a scientific city under Greenland's ice cap. It was called Camp Century. Scientists there would drill down into the ice, retrieve core samples, and learn lots of scientific-y things. And that totally did happen. The U.S. Corps of Army Engineers began excavating the site in 1959. They built the research center eight meters beneath the ice. But what Denmark and the rest of the world didn't know was that Camp Sentry was the tip of the ice uh, cap. The real experiment was a bit more militaristic. It was called Project Iceworm. The engineers created a network of tunnels beneath the ice that collectively measured about 4,000 kilometers. The goal was to install about 600 nuclear ballistic missiles under the ice, well within striking distance of Moscow. They planned to mount missile launch pads on tracks so they could move the missiles to different launch locations within the base. But the engineers concluded that Greenland's ice shifted too frequently, which made a nuclear launch facility impractical. By 1967, they canceled the project. The departing soldiers took the base's nuclear generator, but left behind pretty much everything else. Unfortunately, that included hazardous material like chemical, biological, and nuclear waste. Since its construction, more than 25 meters of new ice has formed on top of Project Iceworm. But global warming is poised to reverse this trend. If the Earth continues to warm at its current rate, it won't be long before the ice melts in Greenland are greater than the annual snow it receives. By 2090, the exposure of the facility would be irreversible, according to research published in the journal Geophysical Research Letters. Now, if this were just a story about a secret military base, the U.S. might walk away a bit embarrassed. But the presence of that hazardous waste complicates matters considerably. There's a real danger that it could cause massive environmental damage. Right now, no one has stepped up to handle the issue. On a related note, it was at Camp Century that paleoclimatologist Willie Dansgaard proved that ice cores contain a record of Earth's past in them. By examining ice cores, you can track major trends and changes on Earth, including shifts in climate or massive volcanic activity. Climatologists rely on ice cores to gather data for their climate computer simulations. Seems fitting. Finally this week, I'm exploring a human rights story from Saudi Arabia. Over 14,000 Saudi women have signed a petition to abolish the male guardianship system, which has long been criticized by activists as essentially making women second-class citizens. 
Let's take a look at what's going on here. In Saudi Arabia, women of all ages have a male legal guardian, a father, brother, husband, or son. A Saudi woman needs permission from this guardian to marry and must be accompanied by him or another male relative when traveling abroad. She can be asked by institutions like schools, potential employers, and hospitals for proof that she has his approval before she'll be allowed to study, work, or receive a medical procedure. The petition calls for the abolishment of male guardianship. It was delivered in person to the royal court by two female activists on September 26th, bearing 14,682 signatures. And its delivery was bolstered by about 2,500 telegrams, used because they can be confirmed to have come from within the kingdom, that were sent directly to the king's office in the days leading up to the submission. This campaign is rooted in two decades of protests for women's rights in Saudi Arabia. Current support has been growing since July, which is when a Human Rights Watch report on the guardianship system spurred a movement that organized on Twitter with hashtags that translate from the Arabic as Saudi women want to abolish the guardianship system and I am my own guardian. This movement is part of a wave of change in the kingdom. The government has twice told the United Nations that they would end the guardianship system due to human rights concerns, once in 2009 and once in 2013, though only smaller changes have been enacted so far. For example, Saudi women participated in official sporting events for the first time at the 2012 Summer Olympics in London. In 2013, women were first appointed to the king's highest advisory council, and the government passed a law criminalizing domestic abuse. And in their municipal elections of December 2015, women voted and registered as candidates for the first time in the country's history. Not everyone agrees with the current petition. Other Saudi women have launched counter-protests with an alternate hashtag that translates as "the guardianship is for her, not against her." These protests focus on maintaining the conservative values and family customs outlined in religious law. In 2010, a campaign called "My Guardian Knows What's Best for Me" gathered more than 5,400 signatures on a petition of their own, calling for the rejection of women's rights activism. It's a complicated issue that's difficult to understand from the outside. As of this recording, there's been no official response to the petition, but we'll be on the lookout. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe now for more of the latest science news, and send us links to anything you'd like to hear us cover. Plus, your favorite weird word this week. I know I've asked for that before, but one can never really have too many words. You can send us an email at nowpodcast@howstuffworks.com. Also,、uh, hey, shout out to the excellent human who said hi to me in Meet Space last week. I was totally too socially tapped to respond like a human person, and I promptly forgot your name, but it meant a lot. Seriously, thank you for listening.、Uh, of course, for lots more stories like the ones that you heard today, you can head on over to our home planet now. dot howstuffworks. dot com. Hi, I'm Michael Rapaport, and I'm Kibi Rapaport, and together we're hosting Rapaport's, Rapaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right, reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene, Gene Fodor. Gene was wounded. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano. Gene, run. 
Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurtwood Smith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.